Well, good morning, CWC. <clears throat> How y'all doing today? If you're good, shout, I'm good. I'm good. Amen. You already knew I was going to do it, so you just get ready for it. I'm good. Well, I know it's good to be here. I do have to be honest, though. Like, I'm trying to get out of transition, out of golf mode. You know what I'm saying? Hey, <laughs> there was a ton of golf on that trip. Praise the Lord. Um, but we had, a, we had a great time. Now, I did hear Dr. Jowdry. He said that golf is my holy land. That's what he said in, in his message, right? Well, I got to say this, that if that's my holy land. A lot of unholy things were said in a holy land. Like, <laughs> listen, the Bible says <laughs> to keep with the spirit of repentance so you bear the fruit of repentance. Golf keeps me in a constant state of repentance, amen. But I'm just kidding. But, but I will say this, man, I'm, I'm glad to be home. It's good to be home. And to be honest with you, like I really hate to travel. That's the truth. Like, I don't even know if, if hate is a strong enough verb to, to describe the disdain I have for traveling. However, it's kind of funny because the Lord causes us to travel quite a bit, actually. And so I just do it because God said to do it. But anyway, I say all that to say, when you see me on a video saying, man, I miss you guys and wish I was with you, that's sincerity. Like, that's not me just saying it because I'm supposed to say it because I'm your pastor, but I'm saying it because I mean it and it is good to be here with you. It is good to be in the house of God with the people of God. Come on, worshiping God, going after God. Am I, am I in a house of God with a bunch of people of God this morning? Am I? Could you let me know it? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So how many of you realize that this is absolute truth? Do, do you realize that? It's absolute. Did you know there's nothing else on this earth absolute? Did you know the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word, his word will remain. The name by which he is called is the word of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we seen his glory. We beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten son of God. The word of God, it's, it's absolute truth. There's nothing else on this life or in this life that is absolute truth like like the word of god nothing it's the infallible word of god see i think maybe sometimes we think that because fallible man had written it there might be some falsities in it D did you know it's not true see see the bible says that is the it is the spirit breathed and holy spirit inspired word of god that god's spirit literally came upon man the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave lives in us. Hallelujah. And that same spirit, right, came upon man and had man write exactly what God wanted them to write. So that it stood the test of time. So that 2,000, over 2,000 years later when all the disciples and everybody's passed on. And that we could go back and read and see exactly what God expects of us. What he requires of us. What he commands from us it's absolute truth all the time it'll never ever lose its relevancy never it's incredible it's incredible you, you know pastor jim and i <clears throat> have been talking over the past several months about the signs of the times right about the times that we find ourselves in right now especially in, in America, right? Like, 
and how these are unprecedented times. They, they are, they're unparalleled times. We, we've never lived through any times like this. I'm not saying generations before us haven't experienced really terrible, crappy times because they have. They've went through a lot as well, but I'm just saying for us, and I gotta admit to you, there's just something different in the air to me that's happening right now. Just something different in the spirit that's taking place. But we've been talking about that, right? Like, like what's going on. And one of the things that him and I completely agreed upon and was talking about, and we don't agree often, by the way. I try to disagree with him as much as I possibly can. Ask anybody that's been with me and him at the same time. <laughs> it's terrible to travel with us because it's a constant at each other. It's praise the Lord. But one of the things that him and I did agree on was how right now, there's a bunch of different narratives. There's narratives everywhere. Narrative meaning stories. There's stories everywhere, everywhere we look. There's no truth, just narrative. Everything's a narrative. All over the news, all over social, anywhere you look, there's a different story, a different narrative. And the reason that is, the reason there's so many narratives being spun and spoken right now, you know why? Because people are jockeying for power. They want control. This is what they want. They, they want power. Don't be fooled. And because they want power, they got to come up with narratives and stories and hope a lot of people align with their narrative to put them in power. I'm just being honest with you. This is what happens. Happens every four years, by the way. But it is different right now. In years past. But this is why the narrative, did you know the Bible says that's the way the Gentiles are, but it will not be that way for you. For those of you who call yourselves believers, you will not jockey and fight and manipulate and choose and try to, to get control or power or lord it over one another. It will not be that way for you who call yourselves Christians. Let the Gentiles do it. Let those of the world do it. That's what he's saying. But this is why there's so many narratives taking place right now. And because of that, nobody knows what the truth is. Nobody has a stinking clue. Because everybody's saying something different. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Go here, don't go here. Social did, don't know. Hand sanitizer, no. Like, nobody knows. Like, it, it, there's just narratives being spoken all the time. Now, listen, this shouldn't surprise us that this is happening in the world. Shouldn't surprise us one bit. See, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter four, this is what the Bible says. It says that the God of this age, did you know that's what it says? Lowercase g. The God of this age has blinded the minds, blinded the minds of the unbeliever. That's what it says. Paul goes on to write it a little bit different in Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two, he says it this way. The prince of the power of the air is at work right now in the sons and in the daughters of disobedience. The God of this age. Lowercase g, prince of this age, lowercase p. But how many know there's, there's a uppercase g? Come on. There's an OG, right? Like... There's the omnipresent God, the omnipotent God, the omniscient God. But you thought I meant original gangster. It's not what I meant. <laughs> He's omni. No one can touch him. The enemy's no match for him. Like it, 
It's not even a conversation for God. Jesus said, I was there when he tossed him down like a bolt of lightning from heaven. He's no match. But there is a lowercase g that is the God of this age, of this world and the systems of the world. This is why the systems of the world and everything in the world gotta grow strangely dim in the eyes of us who look unto Jesus. It has to because he's not the one in control of these things. Jesus is not in control of the worldly systems. I promise you. That's what the Bible says. And it drives me nuts. You know what drives me crazy in Christian circles? It drives me absolutely bonkers. God's in control. What? People are dying. People are being murdered. People are being raped. People are being hurt. Day in and day out, they're getting sick. And you're telling me God's in control? It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the God of this age has blinded the eyes, that the prince of the power of the air is at work right now in our generation. That's what it says. Period. Period. And this is what the Lord said to me. And it was an interesting way that he put it because he never said this to me before. I've been doing this quite a while. But the reason the enemy has authority is because of the sins that we've committed. Now that just seems general, like we've learned that, like throughout. But, but God said it in such a simple way. He said, the only way the enemy has authority is when your life and you're living in sin. Any other thing, he has no authority over you at all until you give it to him by sinning against God, by being a son of disobedience, by being an unbeliever. That's how the enemy has authority over you. This is why sin is so dangerous. This is why sin leads us to death is because it gives authority back to the enemy. That's why we keep with the spirit of repentance. So we bear the fruit of repentance. Father, I'm sorry. We turn from the sin that so easily entangles. Did you know the Bible says you've got to master it? Did you know that? The Bible says master the sin that so easily entangles you because if not, it will have you. The sin will have you and it will tear you apart. It's literally what it says. It's crouching at your door. But the only way the enemy has authority is when we give it to him by the sins that are in our lives. It's the only way. Our repentance removes the authority from the enemy and hands it back to the glory of God. Here you go, Father. And then in that moment, he is working all things together for our good, for those who love him and are called to his purposes, not our own glory. This is one of the signs of the times that the prince of the power is at work right now, that the God of this age has blinded the eyes of the, un, of the unbeliever. And see, sons and daughters of disobedience are those who don't believe in Jesus, who haven't given their lives to Jesus. It's just that simple. And that is sin, which gives the enemy authority. But Jesus said this in John chapter eight. He, he says this, he says, I was there, saw God, tossed Satan like a bolt of lightning said he was a liar from the beginning of time. This is his native tongue. That's what it says. His native tongue is lying. So in other words, that's all he can do is just lie. My father-in-law, he said to me one time, he said, hey, remember, liars lie. It's actually really profound. He's like, why are you confused right now that that person told you that and didn't do it? Liars lie. Oh, okay. Duh. When the enemy speaks, he, he lies. He's a liar. He can do nothing else. He, he can't do anything. All he can do is tell stories, is give narratives. That's all he can do. That's it. 
And so we shouldn't be surprised that on television and on social media and all these other platforms that people are trying to push things and whatever, shouldn't be surprised that stories and narratives are, are being perpetrated all day, every day, because they are in the world and they're of the world. And so they, and because they're in the world and of the world, they're manipulated and controlled and deceived and blinded by the God of this age. So the only thing they're able to do is tell you a narrative because they don't have the truth, because they don't know the truth. They don't have it because they don't know it. If you've attended CWC for any amount of time at all, you've heard me make this statement right here. Truth is not just simply a set of beliefs or something backed by facts. The truth is a he, it's him. Jesus says, I am the way and the what? The truth, his name is the truth. He's the truth. So anything apart from him is a narrative, is a story. It's a story. He's what solidifies and brings truth to this, to this life. Nothing else. Nothing and no one else. Just Jesus. He's it. And Jesus said this. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. No one will stand upon truth except in me. No one will know the truth if it hit him inside of the head unless it was for me. It's just me. I'm it. And when you know the truth, the truth will what? The truth will set you free. I love how another version says it. It says the truth will make you free. In other words, you ain't got a choice. You meet him, boom, it makes you free. Because I'm never going back to that again. I'll never go back there again. Whatever there is. You can label the there. Never going back because I've met him and I know the truth and now the truth has made me free. But Jesus is the, is the truth and he empowers us through his spirit to live according to it. This is, this is what he does. Why? So that we are kept from being pushed and prodded and pulled on by all the narratives that this world is spinning, constantly spinning. We know the truth. I don't need to look to Facebook to tell me the truth. I know him, I've met him. I have all the truth I need to have right here. That's it, that's it. They can take their story somewhere else. Take it somewhere else to somebody that cares. See, we know the truth if we know Jesus. For us who call ourselves Christ followers, we are not allowed to get caught up and driven by the narrative of the day. We're not allowed. We are called to speak truth. To speak truth. To spread the word of God. To spread the gospel that Jesus has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That he is Jehovah Rapha, the God that healeth thee. That he is Jehovah Jireh, the God that will provideth all of your needs according to his riches in glory. This is what we are to spread. Not a narrative. Not a story that aligns with a political affiliation. We're not. We're not allowed. We're Christ followers. We follow him. We follow him. Second Timothy, right, says this goes to say all this stuff. And it says, the signs of the times is these. And it begins to list all these different things, which we'll get to several more of these during this series. 
But the one that I wanted to focus on that the Lord highlighted to me, and it was, a, it was rough, man, coming up with this message. I got to admit, I was toiling in the spirit with God. God, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? I come in here today with like three lines of thought. Lord, where do you want to head? Felt like this is the one he highlighted. But in verse, in verse eight of 2 Timothy chapter three, he's listing the signs of the times will be da, 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 da. Gets to verse eight. And he begins to say, it's gonna be like the days of Moses when men hated the truth. When people opposed the truth, which is happening all around us. Truth is the new hate speech. It, it really is. You speak the truth, people hate you. Like, it's the new hate speech. Pe people oppose the truth, you know why? Because the truth is Jesus. And if you bring Jesus in, he's in control. They are no longer in control. That's the problem. This is the problem. He's the truth. And, and see, so, so we, right, and the reason I say we is I really hope that we here underneath the umbrella of who God is and in the house of God, worshiping God, that we have given our lives to Jesus. If you haven't, hopefully by the end of this service today, you will, and, and you will meet the truth and the truth will set you free. But I say we, our mandate as men and women of God, of children of God, is to not get caught on the hamster wheel of a narrative. And just spin around that thing. Get up one day and look for another narrative that fits the narrative of the day before that aligns with what I like it to, to say. And so I'll fit that one too. Let me just hop on that. See, we, we have the truth. We don't, we, don't have to, we don't have to do all that. We don't have to. The truth is living and moving. The Bible says it's, it's in him that we live, we move, and we have our being. The Bible says he's living on the inside of us. Leading us into what? All truth. Truth is so important. It is literally so important. Because we are living in a time full of narrative. It is imperative that we hold on to the truth with everything that is within us. Because there's way many, too many things trying to pull on us. Holding on to the, to the, to the truth and not a narrative that Facebook is scrolling us through. And telling us to, to do and telling us where to go and what to believe and all these other things. I see so many Christians posting and reposting things, okay? And, and that's fine, whatever. But, but in the caption, it says, read this, truth. Explanation point, explanation. Not a single thing about Jesus in it. Not a single thing. That to me is a narrative. Cool, you agree with the story. Cool, that's fine. I mean, we all have our opinions. That's fine, no biggie. Cool, whatever, have your opinion. But, but let me be clear. The only way to introduce people to truth is by showing them truth, not a narrative. A narrative will not save someone. I promise you that right now. I don't care how good or eloquent of a speaker you are and how you can argue a point, scientific fact and data, all that garbage, none of it will set anybody free. It will not because it cannot. It has no power to do so. The gospel does. Jesus does. I gotta admit, man, right now is the most exhausting time I've ever had trying to pastor a church, ever. It's the most exhausting time. Because no matter what is said, somebody is upset. Doesn't matter what's said, don't matter. Somebody have a problem with it, guarantee it. Why? Because everybody, even in the church, are looking for a narrative to align with their narrative. 
Instead of, man, us all coming in as one body under one head, his name is Jesus. That's it. Forget everything else. Let's go after him because none of it even matters anyway. Because at the end of the day, he's returning. He's coming back. So who really cares what they do over there or there? Man, I'm following him. I'm hungry for him. So none of this other garbage pulls me in its direction. It just doesn't. You know, I want you to think about the story of Jericho. How many know the story? Jericho. Yes, cool. This service, 10 people. Last service, three. So you guys got them. Praise the Lord. But... But in the story of Jericho, right, what's happening is, is Joshua was sent on a mission by God. God said, hey, I want you to go take back the land that I have promised to you. He runs into a fortified city, a walled city called Jericho. When he gets there, he doesn't know how to defeat the enemy. And he's like, I don't know what to do. So he's sitting, he's waiting for instructions from God. Waiting, Lord, show us what to do. We don't know what to do. How are we going to defeat this enemy? All of a sudden, Jesus shows up. He asked Jesus, the captain of the Lord's host, the commander of God's armies, he says, are you for us or for them? He's not for either of you. He's on a mission for God. He said, I'm not here for you. I'm here to take over. When Jesus shows up, he takes over. He doesn't choose sides. He's not picking you or you or Democrat or Republican. He could give two rips about that. When he returns to this earth, he will uproot everything that the world systems have placed and put in place. American, non-American, it doesn't matter. It's all getting uprooted. Every bit of it. Because he doesn't pick sides. He takes over. When he shows up, he's the king of kings. Every king, every nation, every tribe, every tongue will bow at his feet. And profess, whether they want to or not, that he is king of kings and lord of lords. To the glory of God the Father. It won't matter if they want to or not. They'll have to. Because of the glory that he will come in. Everybody's spinning all these narratives. And our job as Christians, as Christ followers, is to be telling them, repent for the kingdom of God is near. It's near. I don't know how long you got, because it's not for me to know the times and the seasons. Jesus said, it's not for me to know. I don't know, but I'm gonna promise you it's coming. He's coming. And you better know him. You better know him. While grace is here, you better know him. Because when he comes, grace is gone, and it's judgment, and that ain't no fun. It's all these narratives, man, being spun at the church. We've got to hang on to the truth. As Christians, man, we've got to hang on to the truth. We have to hang on to the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We have got to love truth more than narrative. We can't afford to allow a narrative to pull us, cause us to wane. Cause a narrative calls clicks to break up into the church. You know, that's happening like crazy right now in the church. People clicking up inside the church. What is going on? This is the bride of Christ. Did you know that? Jesus loves his bride. So much so he gave his life for her. And we have no right to be dividing each other up into different narratives and different camps. We don't have the right to do that. Man, we got to focus on truth, church. We have to. Because hear me, hear me. The Lord spoke this very clearly to me. He says, what you give license to will drive you. You give license to a narrative, you'll defend it. You'll fight for it. You'll die. Die for it because it's driving you. 
Whatever you give license to will drive you. You give license to fear, everything you do will be done out of fear. Every single bit of it. The decisions you make, the decisions you don't make will all be fear. Scary thing about fear is, is fear always masquerades as wisdom. You think, oh, I'm being wise. Da, 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 da. No, no. The whole time, the enemy's got you right here because you gave in to fear. Fear is now driving you. Whatever you give license to will drive you. You give license to offense, man, offense will set in. It'll draw so many wedges in between you and God's people that you'll be running the other way. Whatever we give license to will drive us. We've got to allow Jesus to have the keys of authority in our life. And that's it. Nobody else. Nobody else gets that. They, they can't have that authority. You know why? He's the only one we can trust. He's it. There's nobody else we can trust. I promise you, nobody. You can't trust anybody like him because he'll never let you down because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love my wife more than anything, but I guarantee I let her down. It's just life. I'm weak. I'm a human being, broken, flawed. I won't be perfect all the time for her. I'll love her like crazy. Jesus is the only one that will love us perfectly every single time. This is why we gotta pursue the truth, man. Be hungry for the truth. Share the truth. Share it with everybody. Instead of getting caught up in all the different narratives of the day. You know, it might be the only opportunity that the person close to you, the friend on you on Facebook, maybe their only opportunity to hear the truth is from you. Don't allow that opportunity to get squandered because you're more worried about posting and reposting a narrative. Don't let that happen. It's not worth it. All this is gonna, all of it's gonna go, every bit of it. The only thing that's gonna remain is Jesus and those that followed him. That's it. That's the signs of the times that we're in, the signs of the times. People will hate the truth. They will oppose it because they will prefer a narrative to the truth. And I really felt like the Lord wanted to warn us today. Don't let it happen. Don't allow it to happen. You've heard me say this many times up here. If someone knows my political affiliation before they know my walk with Jesus, there's a problem with me. There's an issue with me. The world needs to know who we stand for more than they need to know what we stand against. Who do we stand for? Am I saying we don't vote? We don't go? Absolutely you do. What are you talking about? That's not what I'm saying. Don't miss what I'm saying. I'm saying don't make life about anything that it is not. That his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Don't make it about anything but, because Jesus said this, that God wants not one to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We don't know how many are going to heaven. You know what Paul says? It's our job to go get them. Yours, mine, the person sitting next to you, your neighbors, go get them. Repent for the kingdom of God. It's at hand. It's at hand. I love how Michael Dow said it. He said, yeah, well, everybody keeps saying it's going to be the last days. It's the last days. Everybody's been saying that. Well, this is what we know for sure. It is our last days. We're going to meet our maker. It's just reality. We live so many years and we go meet him. It's life. To dust is where we came from. To dust is where we return. Life is but a vapor. Go on. Here one moment. Go on the next. So it is our last days. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? Are we going to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? About this hope to the nations. This hope to the world of a savior that gave his life 
so that the many could be saved. We gonna share that? Or a narrative that fits our comfortability in life? Let's stand to our feet. really felt like the Lord was one to issue a warning and I'm telling you right now that this warning is for me more than it is for anybody man I'll tell you I'm a fighter I'll get pulled in so quick I'll go be on the governor's doorstep first one there I'm just saying I gotta watch myself I'm like Jesus help me keep my eyes focused on you (laughs) praise the living God for the living water so this is the Lord reminding me no 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 hold up hold up hold up hold up about any of that it's not about that Keith your mandate now that you gave your life to me is to be my witnesses in Jerusalem Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth that's your mandate period and if you're doing anything outside of that you're not doing what I ask you to do you're being distracted by a narrative so let's pray Father pray right now that all of our hearts would be softened. That Lord, our eyes would be open to see what you've called us to be. Lord, show us how to fight the good fight of faith as we're walking through these times that are difficult and hard and we've none, none of us have walked through them before so we have no reference point for it. So Holy Spirit, you got to be the one to guide us through it. Let your gospel message be on the forefront of our minds and on the tips of our tongues. Let our response always be with the gospel. Let our response always be Jesus because you are El Shaddai. You are the all-sufficient one. You are everything we need in every season of our lives. So let our response be Jesus. Spirit, I pray right now that you would start to move on the hearts of men and women here today. I pray if they don't know the truth that right now, Jesus, they would meet you. There would be a penile moment where you would meet them face to face. And that their life would be changed forever. let the Lord do work in your heart right now I feel like the Holy Spirit's wanting to reveal Jesus to people right now those of you who already believe be praying be praying Lord Lord we pray right now that everything that you have for each individual here the truth would be revealed to them Lord reveal yourself to them even now pray that the lost would be found, that the blind would start seeing right now in Jesus' name. Salvation, salvation, salvation.